I want to welcome you into the Sunday preaching podcast of the Point Church located in beautiful Perdido Key, Florida. I'm Tim Coleman, the senior pastor, and we believe strongly in the expositional preaching of God's Word that builds our faith and grows us up in Christ. I'm glad you're either downloading the sermon or listening live to our service, and I pray that this message is a help to you on your journey of faith. Now join me as we get to the point. Well, good morning. Hey, are y'all doing anything afternoon? I think, well, let's just go to the Sea of Galilee. I want to go. And I think we could have super church in here. I like that phrase. That's great. If you have your Bibles, open up the book of Colossians in the third chapter. It's always great to be with you. I appreciate your leadership team, Pastor Tim. Joe and John doing a great work here and the rest of the team. Always blessed your worship team just ministering here as well as we often have uh, countywide gatherings and Joe's just leading a great job uh, with those gatherings. So appreciate him. Well, we'll be in Colossians in the third chapter. Read 1 through 17 and spend some time in 12 through 17. Let's begin in reading together. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ... Keep seeking the things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and freeman, but Christ is all and in all. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, Bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell within you. With all wisdom and teaching, admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. May we pray. God, we have lifted your name up through song. We have given our resources to you through an offering, dedicated what you have created in this young one. Father, now we turn this time to open your word to hear from you. I do thank you for this opportunity to be your microphone for the moment. And if I were to stray one syllable, 
Would you remove me immediately as we are gathered to only hear from you and to be transformed by you. And so mark our steps. Inform us of what we do not know so that we can become what you've redeemed us to be. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. The end of the calendar year is a season full of rushing. Thanksgiving, it flows into Christmas, Christmas into New Year's, and it seems like every single week is filled with a flurry of activities. But that season of rushing very quickly turns into a season of reset. You make goals, expectations, all the resolutions that all of you have already broke. You remember those. The text we have just read, it begins with therefore. Seeing that word therefore in scripture, it drives us to always look beforehand. In order to see what comes before it, so we can always better consider what comes after it. And in that effort of discovering what therefore is therefore, what I actually want to do is to take you back to Thanksgiving. It was the year 1620. The Mayflower just arrived with 132 passengers, pilgrims, and crew. They land off course and off season. They know neither how to harvest the ground, the earth, or actually even harvest the sea. That very first winter was devastating. Over half of them died. That frigid winter, man, it took so many During that frigid first days, they began to notice it seemed like somebody was watching them from the nearby woods, and indeed they were. Not long, an English-speaking Indian named Samoset, he emerges and then near after introduces them to another English-speaking Indian named Squanto, who Squanto teaches them how to harvest the ground and harvest the sea, and all the pilgrims follow his instructions. And so, Those instructions, in the middle of a year that began with disease and death, ended in a year with bounty and blessing and thanksgiving. Thus, when thanksgiving was celebrated in the years to come, well, his actions fell into a category that we would label grace. Giving to somebody what they don't really deserve, but they need it. And that's exactly what Squanto had done. And so every time there was thanks, everybody remembered grace. That same connection between grace and thanks is what the Apostle Paul is seeking to express for this church that he is writing to in the city of Colossae, which is modern-day Turkey. In this text, Paul is articulating the life of someone who claims that they are a follower of Jesus Christ. Let's consider just for a moment the opening framework, which is quite clear. Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ, let me just begin by asking that very simple question. Have you been raised with Christ? Now, some of you very quickly would answer yes. You remember the day as a young teenager, maybe an adult, maybe very recently. You remember when you were baptized into the life of Jesus Christ, and you were raised with Him. Some would quickly agree, but others you might be a little confused. Like, I'm not sure what you're referring to. Fortunately, the Bible is the best commentary about the Bible. 
If you were to go back one chapter from Colossians 3 to Colossians 2, you'll find this in verses 12 through 14. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him up from the dead, when you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way and have nailed it to the cross. So now I ask the question, has this happened to you? Have you been raised with Christ? Do you remember when you confessed your faith in him and Christ took your sins and nailed them to the cross? See, his display of grace our active belief and trusting faith, His grace gets applied to our life. I want you to notice from the text, though, that this phrase, being raised with Christ, it has absolutely nothing to do with your church attendance. It has absolutely nothing to do with your financial investment in this church. It has absolutely nothing to do with your morality that you display into this community or the ministries by which you serve here at Point Church. See, often these are parts of our religious resume that we like to hold up. I go to church, I give, I serve, look at my morals. And we think that is a good enough credit for us to get into heaven. But that is usually only what is claimed by those who are fans of Jesus and not necessarily followers of Jesus Christ. So I must ask, do you remember, have you been raised with Christ? Have you made such a repentant confession and demonstrated that confession through baptism and displayed that confession through following Jesus? If you have not, this morning as you leave, there'll be encouragers out in the for you. Would you just go up to them and just say, you know, I've been here for a while. I like Christ, but I've never put my faith in him. I don't think I've ever been raised with him as this text says. Would you just Fill in the blanks for me, and they'll be there to guide you according to those next steps. Well, that's the therefore. Now we've taken a look at it. We're ready to move forward. Now, if you're looking for some new New Year's resolutions, because you've already broken them in the first two months of the year, this text before us is going to give you a framework for you to consider. Some folks, you might want to chip away a few extra pounds for physical benefit, Colossians 3 provides you a framework for you to chip away parts of your character so that you would better reflect the character of Christ Jesus. It's this process we'll look at this morning of taking off the old man as clothed in selfishness and sin, and you're putting on the new man clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, pursuing holiness, growing up in your faith, and not just growing old in your faith. Because our time doesn't allow to go item by item through this entire text, I need to give you a bit of homework. Verses 1 through 11. In your time this next week, now I'm going to give you the framework to follow, but I encourage you, I double-dog bear you, to get down in the weeds of every word that you're going to unpack of some qualities that are before you in this text. Look at every single one. There's many here. Let the Holy Spirit speak through the Word of God 
to reveal areas that he's just going to push that finger down. You, you need to work on that. There's somebody, I'm not going to call their name or you'd know them, but whenever you talk to them, they're a poker. You know, Popol, that, hey, you need to do that. You know some folks, like they're pokers when they talk to you. Sometimes we'll come through God's word and the Holy Spirit comes in and just pokes you a little bit. That's the area you need to work on. Let the Holy Spirit get down in the weeds with you this next week. That's a quality character that you need to deal with. But for our time together, we're primarily going to focus on verses 12 through 17, where I want to give you three areas for you to check. I want you to check your putting. I want you to check your letting. And I want you to check your thinking. Now, I graduated Tate, so that's good vernacular right there. But I want you to check your putting, check your letting, and check your thinking. First is this, is check your putting. Let's just say that word together. Putting. Putting. We can say that. Putting. The word put, to put, it places the responsibility upon an individual. If I put a res- something onto you, I am responsible for putting truth or a resource on you. If you're to put something somewhere, now you hold the responsibility. In this case, in this text, the person who has been raised with Christ, is that you? The person who has been raised with Christ, they are to take these sinful character qualities that are identified in their life and to put them to death. And then these holy character qualities that are outlined in this text, they're to put on. Now the qualities in your life that you're to put to death, if you were to look there, just five and seven, you see some outlined there. Immorality, impurity, passion, evil, desire, greed. I want you to notice what this text says. It says these are idols in our life. Qualities that seek to control the thrones of our life where only Jesus is supposed to reside. We're supposed to dethrone these qualities in your life. So again... You look back through this passage, is one of these character qualities having a a reigning and ruling role in your walk? And then after we see there in verses 12 through 17, there are character qualities that were to put on. Some were to put to death, others were to put on. You see them outlined very clearly here, such as heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And then the list goes on and on. This working of putting off or putting to death and then putting on, this is a process of repentance that every single one of us should continually walk in. Where we identify certain areas and we turn from it and turn to the holiness that we should pursue. We are intentionally removing these idols from our character. And then what we're doing, that we're we're usually following them, as the functional trust of our life. Here's what I mean. Let me ask you this. First of all, what controls the functional trust of your life? Now, if I were to say, do you trust Jesus? Many would say, yeah, I trust God. I trust Jesus. But the functional trust. See, often what we would say is, you know what? When I'm going through my day in and day out, I'm actually primarily 
trusting on my education to get me through, or my finances to get me through, or my wits, my savviness in networking skills, my great sense of hospitality. That is what I am trusting in to navigate through this world. Is it something in your life that's other than Christ? So what we must do is put Christ on the functional throne of our life. We're using that great theological song, Jesus Take the Wheel. We let that be what drives the functional trust of the everyday strides of our life. Now this putting off that you're supposed to do, whatever area of your life that you've identified from this text, is putting to death these sinful character qualities and putting on these holy qualities, God has given you the responsibility to carry it out. He's put that, if you are raised with Christ, if you say, Brian, that's me, I've been raised with Christ, guess what? He's also put in your life the responsibility of this putting off and putting on. But know this, whatever God gives you the responsibility to do, he's also going to accompany that responsibility with the capability in order to pull it off. See, as Christ followers, we are filled with the Holy Spirit who works in us to accomplish whatever it is God wills us to do. So we dethrone the idols of our life and we put on the attributes of holiness. We do this as people who have been raised with Christ. And so as we bring God's word into our life, we combine it with the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit in us. Then we will have the wisdom and the will to put these sinful areas to death and to put on Whatever the character qualities that you identified from this text now do need to be in your life. My son Elijah has gotten into golf in the past year and a half or so. We went out last Friday. I don't play golf. I'm his caddy. But I help him keep score. And at the end of it, there's this little questionnaire as he's learning his skills. How is your driving today? Check or not. How is your chipping game today? But then there's that last question. How's your putting today? So I would ask you, since you have this responsibility as a person raised with Christ, if that's you, this responsibility of putting to death these things that can be on the thrones of our life and then putting on these holy character qualities in your life, how's your putting doing? How's your putting game? Maybe there's an area, and I encourage you this next week, to take this text and you come out and you're like, man, this one area, I'm okay putting off, but this holy character I'm struggling with putting on. So twofold, I want you to do. One is just come before your father and just say, Maybe let's just say it's com- compassion or something, one of the character qualities that jumps out here. You pick whatever it is that just kind of that one maybe you want to begin to work on. Come on, Father, I'm supposed to work on this compassion thing, and I'm just, would you just give me a heart of compassion? And then you come in your small groups or your friends where you're supposed to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. That's what Hebrews 10 tells us. And you sit with your buddies at Starbucks or whatever. It's like, you know what that text says I'm supposed to put on compassion. I don't have a clue how to do that. Do y'all have any ideas? Can you help me? Can you hold me accountable? 
That's what Christian community is about. It's this vertical and it's the horizontal. So of your putting responsibility, select one or two to begin with and deal with your putting game. So there we come there. How's your check your putting? Number two, check your letting. I want you to notice the subtle shift. It's two little letters from put to let. We got the putting. Now let's say it together. Letting. One, two, three. Letting. Now these two letters, they communicate us opening the gate of our life for the power and the guidance of God to come on through. Too many of us keep the gates of our life the gates of our heart shut to the guiding work and power of God. We are okay coming to God's house. We just don't want Him coming to our house. We are okay with participating in the programming of the church. We just don't want God programming our life. Should we sing the song, I Surrender All?, You would have to admit you really don't follow that into reality because you're hanging on to these sinful character qualities like the idols Scripture says that they are. If you do, if that is the pattern of you, such a separation keeps the uh, the gates of your life shut to the work of God. And then you will end up growing old in your faith and not growing up, living all your life as spiritual children. And what will happen, you'll begin to make a Christianity in your own image instead of making you into God's image. See, if there's area of your life like, I, I really don't want God to, to handle this part. I don't want him to to take off this character quality. I kind of like that one. Even though it's sinful, it's kind of my pet sin. I like handling that. So I'll pick this character quality, but not that one. And we create Jesus as this religious buffet. And over a while, we have made a religion and a God in our own image. And God's like, I don't play that game. This area, in addition to our putting efforts, there are some letting. And this text gives us three areas I want to highlight from these verses in 15, 16, and 17. Number one is this, to let the peace of God rule in your hearts. That's what verse 15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. That peace is that word shalom. It's just all is well with you. Everybody's talking now about the coronavirus. I was with a church doing a consult on this past Wednesday night, and there was a couple key figures from their church that left two days ago. Now they're on vacation in Italy. Woohoo. I guess they're touring the hotel room or whatever they're in. But often we can watch the news with all the coronavirus and all the things, and we can take our emotional temperature from the news instead of from the Holy Spirit within us. If we're going to let the peace of God rule, the headlines of our day does not change that. Political outcomes... Do not change the peace of God. If they do, if your peace level is going up and down based off the headlines of the moment, 
might be a good indicator for you to check who's sitting on the throne. Check your putting. Check your letting. Beyond this peace, it also says we're to be not just peacekeepers, but peacemakers. Now, there's a difference. You go to family gatherings and whatever you need to do to keep the peace, you do it. You don't say something, you do a certain way, well, we just got to keep the peace. We are called to be a people, not to keep the peace, but to make peace. As far as it depends on you, be at peace with everybody. Does that guide the strides of your life, or are you just going out hoping to sweep everything under the rug to keep the peace? Airy for let. Let the peace of God rule your hearts. Verse 16 Besides, let the peace of God rule your hearts. The next area, let, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Now, this is described in two different ways. There's the, the wisdom of God's word through song and the wisdom of God's word through teaching. You are blessed here that you have both platforms come together. As Pastor Tim teaches you from God's word on a regular basis, Pastor Joe and the team lifts you up and informs you of God's word through song. These are ways that the word of God is to dwell in you richly. This is the, the avenues of it. And that sets the table for when you come into everything. Verse 17, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Number two, let the word of God dwell in you richly. But number three, let the name of the Lord guide you in everything. That's what verse 17 says. The third area of letting. Number one, let the peace of God rule. Two, let the word of God dwell. Three, let the name of the Lord guide you in everything. A father, whenever today's his birthday... But whenever me and my, or my sister, we were about to leave the house for whatever we needed to do for the day or the night or whatever, he would say, don't forget your last name. Yes, we represent that father, but also you represent this father. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget your last name. This is the manner by which we should walk through our weeks. In everything you do, word or in deed, let the name of the Lord guide you. That will shape your decisions. So as even as Isaiah 30, 21 says, this is the way, walk in it. What is it? According to your Father in heaven. Now this putting to death and putting on holiness and letting the God in and walk in your life. It is not a one and done event that you can do to say, look, hey, I did that on March 2nd. You wake up Monday, you're good. This is not a one and done event. This is not the child who begins to get the really good behavior on December 1st and they think they can reverse that on December 26th because of the naughty list. No. This effort, this Life walking, uh, putting to death these character qualities of sinfulness and putting on holiness and letting the gate of your life up, this putting and this letting, this is to be an ongoing work of the peace of God to rule, the word of God to dwell, the name of the Lord to guide you every day, 168 hours of your week, nonstop. So how do you do this? How do you sustain these behaviors of the putting and the letting? Check your thinking. 
I want you to notice the, the role that thanks has in each of these areas. If you were to look back in 15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thanksgiving in your hearts to God. Verse 17, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Friends, giving thanks, creating that thankful heart, that is your staying power and the putting and the letting living. Giving thanks beyond November keeps us connected to this life attribute. We didn't deserve this. That can be a good character posture to walk with every day. Man, I didn't deserve this. But friends, if you embrace an attitude of ingratefulness, you're going to resist putting to death those sinful character qualities that you should, and you're going to keep the gate of your life shut if you live in a posture of ingratefulness. See, when you embrace a habit of giving thanks, it forces you to think and act towards another person. It literally does this. It uncurves the heart. See, every organization, this is secular in church world, Sunday school classes, corporations, over a period of time, they begin to bend inwards and only think about themselves. It's a preservation mindset. But God has called us to think outside of ourselves. It's the Great Commission. First to go and be witnesses, to uncurve the heart towards the purposes of God. Even for those people who drive you nuts, don't look around. See, prayers of thanksgiving, those are the ones we're going to most lift up in heaven. Our needs are going to be fulfilled. So let's now get in the practice and the habit of having this posture of thankfulness. Because remember, thanks reminds us of grace. It drives us back together. Thus, regularly weaving heartfelt thanks into your prayer life and into the strides of your week, it's imperative for your putting and your letting for the individual that's been raised with Christ. So don't just make your prayers about asking for stuff. Uncurve your heart, but also demonstrate it. Let me just give you a very simple way to demonstrate thankfulness. They make these things. You can order them from Vista Print. You can get them from Walmart or other place. They're called note cards. I know we can text. If you want to get really emotional, get an emoji worked in there, but no. Get something that's called a pen and a note card and write somebody a note of thanks. And they have things called stamps, too. It'll be a sacrificial gesture of 40-something cents. But it helps you to uncurve the heart, to think about somebody other than yourself. You never know how that might change somebody's life. There was a lady who worked at a janitor, as a janitor for a company for many years, viewed as a kind of one of the dirty jobs. Nobody wanted to really um, 
be in that position. Well, there was a new CEO that had come into the company, and she was thinking, now is a good time maybe for me to step away. Well, the, the CEO went and took time to write a thank you note to every single member of the organization and had his personal assistant deliver it. She got her note, she opened it, she just burst into tears. She asked to be excused, and everybody thought maybe she was just sick, and so they excused her. But then there was the rest of the story. See, this employee, it was the first time in 30 years of her working at this organization that anybody had ever expressed thanks, verbally, much less in a written note. And see, she had thought, new owner coming in, great time for me to leave. She actually had a resignation letter with her that day. But she didn't. Because somebody took the time to uncurve the heart and express thanks. She changed her mind. After a season of rushing... Now at the beginning of the third month of the year, it's a great time of reset for grace and thanks to meet. He said, Brian, I already got New Year's resolution goals. They've already blown up. You know what? Today is the very first day of the next 12 months. Whatever your goals are, whatever godly strides that you need to weave into your life, today is the very first day of the next 12 months for you to begin that journey. Where do you begin? Begin with being raised with Christ, if you've not. Talk with one of the encouragers as you head out this morning. And then, check your putting. Check your letting. And check your thinking. Isn't this the microcosm of what Jesus did? I mean, in an act of grace, he shed his heavenly comfortable garments, and put on humanity. Continuing in that grace, Jesus put on your sin and mine, so this world, as we repent and put our faith in Jesus, he would let forgiveness be applied to our life. And even the Father, in an attitude of him wanting to abide with the Father, Jesus routinely expressed thanks. At the feeding of the 5,000, at the raising of Lazarus, twice at the Lord's Supper. And if Jesus embraced thanks, shouldn't we as people who say we're his followers? And so I must ask, have you been raised with Christ? If not, Please begin there. If you have, check your put. Use the framework of this text to shape your week's investigation. Check your letting. To let the peace of God rule in you, let the word of God dwell in you, let the name of the Lord guide you. And then uncurve your heart for your thinking. Check your putting. Check your letting. Check your thinking. Father, I thank you for this precious church on mission for you. 
Lord, may we, all of us, continue to grow up in our faith and not grow old, to be followers of you and not mere fans. Lord, I pray that as we leave from this space, we request, Father, would you be a holy poker to identify these character qualities, Lord, that we need to dethrone as idols that we have let set up in our life. Lord, would we put on, by the Holy Spirit's power, Lord, holy character qualities, and for your power to come in as we let it happen. Uncurve our heart just like you did, and may through our lives, may it be a living sermon where grace and thanks collide. It's in Christ's name we pray.